I am here with uh, Paul Fraser, uh, our National Director for Multiplication for the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. Um, and we're going to just have some conversation around multiplication uh, in our nation. And so, uh, Paul, great to have you with us. It's great to be on here, Len. And that is a, a wild, long job title, but it is true. I am the National Church Multiplication Coordinator, and I'm wearing a YC Alberta shirt, not an ACDC shirt, just in case anyone was wondering. Yeah, which uh, I was actually one of those who was wondering, so thanks for, the, thanks for the clarification on that. That's really helpful. Um, hey, Paul, a lot of people who are going to be watching this video will already know who you are, but for those who don't, um, just tell us a little bit about, you know, your world and how you got into this job and you know what you yeah do. just yeah just quickly was a youth pastor for many years uh worked at a local church did young adults and kids there and moved on to millage christian school and became a campus pastor and on to district office and did similar to what uh you're doing uh, len you know as it relates to church planting and and did again just youth directing and then you know just the tail end of that 12-year season, uh, we had a pretty robust church planting initiative and goal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we needed someone to direct it. And so the, uh, Dave Knudsen was, and some of you know Dave, uh, was kind of our first guy, but then moved to actually plant a church. And I slid into that role for the last couple of years. And, and uh, then this national coordinator role came up. And it's a, you know, it's a very great God story, but ended up being at the right place at the right time and the right people, the right questions and everything just fell into line and uh, became a national church multiplication coordinator, which we hadn't had really any, anyone in that role since the eighties. And uh, so, yeah, so now I'm here to support our districts and the national vision of church multiplication. So uh, speaking of vision, uh, what is the big picture? What is the vision for the multiply network in Canada? So my first, I started October uh, 2017. So I've only been in the role just two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And uh, within the first two weeks, we were having a national summit in Montreal to talk through what are the next steps for church multiplication POC. And uh, one of the things that became clear to me, and I think to us, was that we needed a we needed a network, an internal network to drive church multiplication. And so right. for the next, you know, eight months. Uh, we worked hard to launch at our general conference in uh, 2018 uh, to, to launch the Multiply Network and uh, to be, again, an internal network to drive church multiplication. So uh, it's been a work in progress. We didn't have all of it in place. We just, at the beginning, we just wanted to tell stories across the nation, and we, we've done that. But behind the scenes, we wanted to start uh, working towards becoming a full service network. And what that means is we want to be a network for our fellowship that, that will work on recruitment all the way through the process of pre-launch and launch, and maybe even a couple years into uh, the, the season of church planting mm -hmm. that there's coaching and resourcing along the way. So that was, so that's something that's emerged in my heart and, you know, in conversations with you and the other lead team members. Uh, that's a big part of what we want to do is we want to become a full service network. We want to be relationally connected. Mm -hmm. We don't want just to be, you know, uh, a, a group that's just together because we all fly the same flag. No, we want to be together because we're friends. We like each other. We can learn from each other. We can challenge one another. We can keep each other accountable. And then we also, you know, if there was a third vision piece we had is we want to continue to be a resource center 
man, it'd be great someday, you know, that a church a planter or a leader that's thinking about doing a multi-site, they go, we're thinking about doing some church multiplication. You know who we need to call? Paul at the Multiply Network. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of the goal. Uh, we have other church planting networks that we support and get along with, and that's fine. Uh, and we, we're grateful for them. But uh, we also have a vision to be a network like that uh, for our own group. That's great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, you know, it, it goes without saying that the pandemic uh, and COVID-19 and so on has just turned everything on its head, um, including, you know, efforts to multiply churches and ministries. So um, I'd be curious to, to hear your perspective, because you've got a national perspective. I mean, from Vancouver Island to, to Newfoundland kind of idea. Um, yeah. What's happening in the midst of this? Are churches still multiplying? Um, and if they are, what are they doing? How are they doing it? Like, what do things look like right now uh, across yeah. the nation? Yeah, it's a good question. Lots of things obviously have been paused. Uh, we had uh, five churches that were in Western Ontario that were going to launch this Easter Sunday, this past right. Easter, and obviously couldn't do that because of restrictions. I mean, if we were counting, and I just joke about this, but if we were counting all of our online campuses, we're up about 850. <laughs> like, like if you were to count those, 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 we've been online, we've got more of a footprint, uh, you know, we're definitely multiplying. Um, but, but one of the things I think that our church plants are seeing is that this decentralization has actually empowered more leaders um, because, you know, th- there is a mindset out there that people think, well, I can only volunteer at church. That's the only way, you know, I can serve at church or at mm-hmm. Sunday or at Wednesday or whatever. And I think that, that this decentralization has kind of challenged some leaders to go, wait, well, I can set up a Zoom call and do a small group. Uh, I've heard several stories of church plants that the pastor doesn't even know that new small groups are showing up until they see them on Facebook of people just taking initiative and going through Ephesians and, uh, you know, reading the scriptures together, praying together. Mm -hmm. They're doing online prayer meetings. Uh, I'm hearing some church plants going, you know, we were doing prayer meetings at so-and-so's house and we get three or four, but now we have 30 or 40 on the call. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think outreach, I think people are focusing more on their neighbors, mm-hmm. you know, they don't maybe have as many activities to go to at the church. You know, there's some that, you know, you got Wednesday night, prayer night, Friday night, youth, mm-hmm. Saturday night, young adults, Sunday morning service. And it's like, when do you have time for neighbors? And they're going, mm-hmm. man, I, I got, I got time for my neighbors. So I, I think people are, and then obviously, you know, with the crisis, there's some people that need food. There's other people that have actual physical needs that that people are feeling compassion for, which is so great. And going out delivering groceries to seniors and phone calls are happening. Uh, you know, those. <laughs> this was such an old thing. You know, the prayer chain. You know, do you remember the prayer chain? Or the phone uh, tree. The phone tree. Now that's coming back, and <laughs> you know, so everyone's phoning one another. Hey, are you doing okay? And and uh, I think this is, I think this is breathing life again, mm-hmm. uh, you know, minus the, you know, the grieving and the loss and people, you know, dying alone and losing, like, there's just so much going on that's maybe negative about this and, mm-hmm. and uh, not maybe negative is negative, uh, but there may be a silver lining in this for us as the church mm-hmm. where maybe we're 
God's awakening something in us. And so I think our church plants and our church planters and uh, are, are, you know, I think transitioning pretty well, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I would echo that, Paul. I mean, I think it's been, it's been interesting to watch the level of pastoral care across the board increase. Uh, It's been, it's been encouraging to see community engagement being a very strong um, uh, value um, you know, and, and just even the reports of the level of um, sort of online engagement, hard to judge and yeah. accurately, but the level of online engagement increasing. So like you say, nobody's going to ask or pray for a pandemic, <laughs> but, you know, there are, some, there are some good things that God's doing in the midst of it. Um, so, you know, most churches have gone online um, and in many respects, like I said, it's turned what we do and how we do it on its head. And that's disconcerting, you know, because, you know, we've been pretty good at doing church in one way or another. Um, so, from, again, from your perspective, how do, how do churches stay on mission uh, when everything's changed, when the method has changed, when, you know, um, staffing may have changed, when, yeah, just when everything's upside down? How do churches stay on mission? Well, I think one of the big questions that's happening, and I'm, I'm happy to see it amongst our leaders, is, you know, on the one hand, we're super excited about the views that we're getting about our online engagement. I've heard some great reports from pastors are going, I'm, you know, I'm getting people from my community listening. And it's like, it's changing how I speak. And it's like, I think that's a good thing. I, I think that you're, you know, that you're aware so that when we do recentralize and people do show up, that uh, you'll have a context of you know how to how to relate to the community and and then also know what's what's happening in the community. But I think we've also uh, are also being sober minded in thinking that viewers aren't engagers, mm-hmm. and trying to be missional with our engagement. That I don't know if anyone's cracked the code on that, and it's and it's going to continue to be a debate even when we do recentralize. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think online's going away. So how are we going to turn them into? engagers i think we had a uh you know a little bit of a an uphill climb to get people online uh maybe some of our older congregants were you know maybe resistors initially not all but some mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be hard uh you know as we recentralize and get back to meeting uh to get people offline mm-hmm. uh, i'm wondering if this online experience you know you wake up you go to your living room and turn at least that's we do you know we all just kind of gather in our living room and turn on the computer and stream two or three services. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it, it may feed the consumerism that's already there in church. So I don't know. It's funny, like I, I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer. And so all the Gen Xers out there, uh, Len, I know you are as well. Yeah. We always, we, we kind of made fun of TV evangelists growing up. Like we kind of <laughs> mocked them and uh, now we are them. And yeah. so, but, but we don't want to be just broadcasters. So, uh, I think this is has this has awoken us to, uh, you know, to be more missional in in the way we develop people. I think this has exposed our lack of discipleship mm. because people uh, were literally panicking. Uh, how will the church exist if we don't have a Sunday morning experience? And so right. we just quickly had to. Uh, and I'm not. I'm, I'm totally for Sunday morning experiences, but I think people were like panicking 
and and the reality is it's like well that's only one day what are we doing the other six days mm-hmm. and uh, i think that uh you know for churches to be missional um i think we have to i hope we recentralize around discipleship i mm-hmm. hope that that becomes right. the the thing that we just go this is what we're going to be about and not just in like we throw it up on the wall and it's part of our mission statement we believe in disciples but actually we actually start running everything we do through that filter. Is this making disciples? And if it isn't, right. then the filter closes and we don't, we don't allow it through. And so I think, you know, you know, maybe a long answer to a short question is we've got to get back to that, that discipleship to be missional. And the second thing is I think uh, churches need to just pick a few crises and not all of them mm. and just be really great at a couple of them. Uh, because there's not just the physical crisis of COVID there's the economic the, there's mental illness, depression, relational stress, there's emotional stress, there's, there's how are we going to deal with the grieving? People aren't able to grieve properly, not doing, you know, you know, unfortunately having funerals online. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And I think, I think there's, there's just so much loss in this season. So what can we do? We're not going to be able to solve, not one local church can solve it all. So what are a few things that you can do? Mm-hmm. And I think that will help us stay missional. And, and if there was a third thing, let the actions of your missional impulse come from your core values. Mm. So who are you as a church? What crisis, you know, crises are there in your community? And what are your core, like, how could your core values be expressed to help meet that need? I think that's a great place to start is just to go back to the DNA of who your church is and just go, here's who we are. We're about community. We're about relationship. So we're going to just take on these two things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let it, let it be expressed from your core values because I think it'll be a much easier sell to your congregation because it's already a part of who you are, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that's, those are great thoughts, Paul. And lots of the, lots there to, to chew on. Um, you, but the, you know, you've already alluded to it. I mean, eventually the restrictions are going to lift and they're probably not going to lift just overnight. It's not going to be like, okay, everybody just go back to the normal. It'll right. probably be incremental. I think all of us have, have uh, identified that. Um, and, and that actually might put uh, smaller churches, you know, in a better position because, you know, they're, they're already sort of set up for a, a smaller crowd. Again, you know, no judgment there, just, observation um it's going to be challenging for mid to large size churches maybe even more so for our largest churches you know that have eight nine hundred a thousand people who show up you know in any given service um so uh with this incremental lifting any ideas about sort of how to re-engage um personally you know or re-centralize as you've put it while still, you know, respecting the the incremental shifting that's going to happen. Great, great question, and more uh, more brilliant minds than me. This is, by the way, where you get where where you earn your paycheck, right here. Okay. <laughs> well, that no pressure. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat, and then you know, just hum and haw, and uh, yeah, like I I sit on a, a, a have the privilege of being on a coaching call with national leaders all over Canada and the U S and, and if you've been watching the news, some States are opening up earlier 
trying new things. I think some provinces in Canada are going to open up earlier than others. So I think it's going to be region by region, how it'll look. And I don't think anyone's going to, you know, have the same thing. It's just going to be different for each one. Uh, I think if you are a leader of a bigger church, you need to be thinking longer, you know, a longer play rather than a quick fix. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to be online longer than others, even if you break down into smaller groups. Um, I, you know, and I'm not a, I, I have no idea what it's going to be like in BC. Um, but I know in Alberta, they're saying no gatherings of 15 or more mm-hmm. uh, till the end of August. Mm-hmm. So, so even smaller churches have to be thinking longer right. here. And, right. and, and so what does that mean? And I know we're all, you know, really working, you know, praying and believing that we can get back together. But I think you need to be thinking that this online thing is going to be here for, you know, May, June, July, mm-hmm. maybe August and a September launch, and even a September launch, they're not gonna open it up to thousands of people if your church right. is that size. So I, I'm interested, by the way, I think our biggest debate that's gonna come out of this pandemic and might be our biggest debate moving forward, it won't be you know, uh, for our POC family, you know, alcohol or, you know, it won't be you know, some of those social issues that, that we you know, certainly have opinions about. I actually think, and it might not even be eschatology. It's not going to be maybe even missiology. I think it's going to be ecclesiology. I think, mm-hmm. I think we're going to come out of this asking ourselves, what actually is the church? And what's right. the ecclesiological minimum for you to be a church? And so I think multi-sites, the multi-site revolution, uh, I think it's going to do one of two things. I'm just wondering. I think it's actually going to be maybe smaller like we're going to look at multi-sites being more of them and smaller. Mm-hmm. They might even be microsites, mm-hmm. um, you know, a 50 or less or whatever. Um, or I'm wondering, you know, will the multi-site revolution turn um, rather than having multi-sites, we just turn them into self-governing churches. Right. So I, I don't think multi-sites are going to just stay where they're at. I think there's going to be an interesting debate moving forward about multi-sites and i think for the interim i think bigger churches are going to have more sites with less people Mm -hmm. and uh i think that's going to create some staffing challenges Mm -hmm. so i actually think we're going to have to lean a lot on our lay leaders which i'm excited about Mm -hmm. because we're going to have to call them forth to be lay pastors to be hosts to pastor those 50 people Mm so I'm excited to see where else is going to go, but I think you have to be thinking longer than shorter as it relates to being online. Right, right. So Paul, as we bring this to a close, um, just can you bring a word of encouragement, um, a thought that might be, you know, another thought that might be helpful, not that the others haven't been. <laughs> um, but, you know, something, something that's just going to encourage those who are watching. Paul, for once in your life, would you bring a helpful <laughs> thought? Like we've been on here for 10 yeah. minutes and nothing's been helpful yet. Yeah. Already. Would you just, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, um, inviting you to, I'm inviting you to end strong, Paul. He, if I can just, you know, if I can just give a, a last decade short snapshot, um, we're essentially in, you know, a slight increase, but really close to a plateau. Mm-hmm. 
And um, in the last 10 years uh, of the churches we've planted and started, uh, uh, like almost 90% of them are still around, Mm. um, which I think is really exciting for us as a movement. And did you know that almost one in five churches in our fellowship right now are 10 years or younger? So this 100-year-old movement that we're in You know, it's not an old fuddy-duddy, like, well, we only got churches from the 60s and 70s. No, like, almost one in five of them were started in the last 10 years. So, so we're doing well. Here's Mm -hmm. the, here's the, here's the encouragement, though. And, and maybe the other side of the coin is that we're closing more self-governing churches than we're starting. Mm -hmm. You know, we're growing in satellites, campuses, missional initiatives. But, so here's, here's the encouragement. I think we need to dream for a bigger decade. Mm -hmm. I I, you know, just, and I don't have time to unpack it all, but we need to probably double or triple our output. And we've got to be willing just to hit the start and just go Mm. and not have it all figured out. Because I think maybe we're trying to be too calculated. And I'm just wondering if we need more people just to like, ready, shoot, aim. You know, like, you know, just kind of like, let's, let's figure out the aiming while, while it's in the air, Uh, you know, build the airplane while it's in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, I think we're going to see the rate of closure of churches, not decrease, but probably increase. So mm-hmm. for us to take ground in Canada, we need to be thinking double or triple the amount of churches we need to plant. And so my encouragement would be to go to the Lord and ask, mm-hmm. are we supposed to multiply? Are we supposed to multiply? And I think I already know the answer that mm-hmm. God's going to tell you. Uh, but like but, but let it fall. <laughs> hear it from him. Don't hear it from me. It'll carry so much more power. But yeah. but I feel like that's the trajectory we need to be on. Thanks, Len, for doing all the great stuff you're doing and leading so well in BC, YD. And uh, love working with you. Love your whole team there. And just excited to see what's ahead for your district. Thanks so much, Paul. And I do appreciate your time today, just uh, sharing a little bit of what's happening across the nation with us and giving us some perspective that way. Uh, If people want to track you down, if they want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, You could just send me an email, paul.fraser at pauc.org. That's a great way. You could track me down on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's Coach Fraser. But instead of an F, it's a PH. So uh, it's lame. Okay. I get it. Coach Fraser. But anyways, yeah. Happy to meet with you. Happy to offer whatever I can to help you uh, move multiplication forward in, in your journey. So thanks. Great. Thanks again, Paul. We'll, uh, we'll see you again soon. Thanks.